Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Man on Football Show on the LSC Day Trippers channel um, for a little bit of a change. Um, the best intro in the world ever is back. Um, I've made that claim to Conan just before we come on. I don't know if he agrees with me, but I know everyone in the chat thinks that that's the best intro we've ever had. Uh, do you like it, Conan? I have to say, it knocked me back in my ears. I thought, like, this boy's really giving us a big sell. And then when I was watching it, I was like, oh, Jesus. He's, he's done a bit of work on this. Yeah, actually. no, I haven't done any work on it. I got someone else to do it. Um, <laughs> a man called Mohammed Jogi from South Africa uh, does our intros. And um, that was one of the first ones he came up with. And everyone absolutely loves it. Red Steve straight away is like that tune. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, um, So uh, you've never been on this show before, Colin. Um, it's a little bit different to normal day tripper stuff where I'll tell you what the agenda is and we'll all be ready and we'll do all this. There's no rules in this. Okay. You will see references to this show where it's called Man on Football Show, but a lot of people call it Football in the World because Phil of this parish decided to call it Football in the World and hasn't shut the fuck up since. And most people call it Football in the World, but it is, of course, called Man on Football Show. Emma Cavanagh is delighted that Football in the World is back. So there you go. Um, we, we actually will end up changing it to, um, Football in the world. Um, I even have it in the ticker there. Welcome to the Man on Football Show. Not football <laughs> in the world. Um, so this is how it works. Um, we usually do two shows a week on this. The one on the tours is usually a deeper dive into a certain, a certain um, genre, I suppose, in football or certain stories. So we've done Zidane. We've done uh, Ren- the Brazilian Ronaldo. We've done um, Barcelona. We've done all sorts of deeper looks into them. Monday night is talk about whatever you want in football. We take two jumping off points usually um, and then the chat tell us all weird mad stuff and we talk about it, look it up and realise that they're not allowed to tell lies to us. So that's how it works. <laughs> so what I wanted to start off with Conan was that we've two things. One um, is bad refereeing shouts and that came into my mind because of the Diogo Jota incident at the weekend and a lot of people getting very upset including Darren Ambrose for some reason Neil Warnock (laughs) 
crawled out of his hole and decided to come on to uh, news or whatever that sports talk thing is, uh, talk sport, and I think it was, and had a right go about it um, because obviously everyone should listen to Neil Warnock apparently when it comes to Liverpool. And I wanted to see, can you remember any really bad ones that may have affected you or may not, or you just looked at it and thought of amusement. And the second thing is... um, Magic returns, so players, managers, wherever it might be, that return to football clubs, and it's actually worked out. And because most of them don't, most of them are romantic notions, and they don't. And then the chat come in, and they will talk about football, they will talk about food, they will talk about anything at all, and we have to answer them and give an honest opinion. <laughs> Is that all right with you? That sounds great to me. It's a lot of pressure on the chat, to be honest. I feel like we're absolving ourselves from any pressure for the show. It's up to everybody else to tell us what to talk about. Yeah, but we put pressure on ourselves with the other fucking 39 shows we do a month. Yeah. So I think <laughs> they, they should come in and help us out once um, a month or twice a month. Um, so, they, But they will. We, we, we've we talked about white pudding and beans on toasted sandwiches and all sorts of stuff um, in the last while. That was one of the biggest ones. So it will, we will come around to them. They come up with some mad stuff. Can I ask you though, what you thought of um, Cameroon against uh, Comoros tonight? Um, Comoros had to start with a left back in goal because all their goalkeepers had COVID and they went down to 10 men and they nearly pulled it back they ended up being beaten 2-1 by Cameroon um, the AFCON is great isn't it <laughs> do you know what I think is amazing I don't think a lot of Liverpool fans have realised that the AFCON is back next year as well so just after all the 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 shit thrown around and all the worries about transfers and, you know, you thought you might have got a year reprieve. It's back, baby. It's back next year, but it's all in the summer. So maybe you will get a, a bit of a reprieve from it. But I thought it was lucky when I looked it up. I couldn't believe it. It's like, geez, those poor fuckers. Like, you know, they, they deserve a break. I see everybody celebrating tonight because Naby Keita's back. He's coming back home. But, um, yeah, like I, it, 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 it's, it's a bonkers tournament. It's I don't know does that sort of feed into it like some of the the madness that's happening with the officiating and the, as you say the left back one of the goals anything can happen in the Afcon like it can happen in this show tonight Gav yeah and listen um, Gav have you dyed your beard silver fox no it's it's all gone grey everything is going grey man um, I don't want to go too far into it but um, everything is going grey um, it's called getting old I am old and no I don't I wouldn't dye my beard if you fucking pay me um, Cop on podcast <laughs> for a quick question he says I had some roast chicken flavoured crisps yesterday is that acceptable is that acceptable I think that's 100% acceptable yeah the only I saw um, I don't know what brand it was I saw ham and cheese crisps the other day and thought that is fucking ridiculous like I think if it's a uh, like a sort of, like a roast chicken, a roast beef. I think you get away with that, but we can't we can't start going down the ham route. I don't think yeah. that fits for crisps. Usually, usually when this dodgy shit from crisps comes along, Lineker is involved, isn't he? Like he's doing some sort of fucking competition, <laughs> and you have to send in twelve empty packets of whatever and vote for your favorite flavor. And it's like fucking you know curry fucking chips flavor and stuff like that. It's, it gets ridiculous. What do you go for? Like if you if you're getting a packet of crisps, like what's your default? It depends. Am I putting it on bread? Oh, fuck. Do you know what? I, I don't like crisp on bread. No. It doesn't work. Like, the textures aren't right. No, it uh, doesn't. Honestly, you can quote me on this. It, it, it's shit. Oh, I don't think I need to quote you. I love Eat the bread. Eat the bread. Bread's grand itself. Have a nice yeah. sandwich. And then have the crisp to finish it off. But why would you just sit there with a plain bit of bread and then finish that and eat crisps? Why not just put them together? Saves time. It's fine. No, you see, you see, it, it absolutely works. If you if if you put enough butter on the bread, right, um, that the bread doesn't feel dry, but it's not 
over overbearing on the crisp, right? You're absolutely fine. My favorite is batch bread with uh, loads of butter and salt and vinegar king crisps. That would yeah, be my... it sounds like you're just trying to drown out the crisps now. Like you know, get a thicker bread, get get as no, much butter. No, batch isn't that thick. It's but the butter is amazing with the bread with the with the crisps. I think you have to go to bread, go go bread, have crisps, and then always have chocolate after your crisps. These people who have chocolate before crisps are mental. Yeah, but didn't they do um? Didn't they do a bar of chocolate a while ago, or was it was it a bar of chocolate where Tato and Cabri's cheese and onion, cheese and onion chocolate? Unbelievable what they're doing. These it's crazy. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Like I'm not, I'm not big into that, but um. (laughs) <laughs> Garmax says he doesn't like crisps on bread. Get them off. <laughs> I've come in hot for this one. Yeah, come in hot. Yeah, listen. I should this, be on talk sport with these sort of hot things. <laughs> yeah, you and Darren Ambrose sitting there eating plain bits of bread. <laughs> uh, two miserable fuckers. Um, no, listen. Uh, crisps on bread is fine. Uh, roast chicken flavored crisps. I'm okay with. I just don't like when they stack on down the absolute weird route. Like completely and utterly weird. Um, it's not good. Um, Anthony Anthony Martial is confirmed as going to Sevilla on loan for the rest of the season. It looks like, which is a strange one. Um, he's wanted out there for a long time. But can I ask you about? I don't think I've ever talked to you about this, and it's a long time ago now. But I'll bring it up. Thierry Henry is handball in oh, um, the start of France against Ireland, right? Because this is yeah. a bad, bad refereeing call. Um, that we'd start off with, and if anyone has any more, throw them in. But um. Are you over that? <laughs> Are you over Saipan 2002? I was over it while it was going on, to be honest with you. All right. That, that was a really bad... Uh, you know when people say... Uh, no, you could probably say, are you win? over the time Stephen Gerrard slipped on his arse when we were on the course? The <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. No, yeah, probably well, not. But, but the Thierry Henry stuff was mad, wasn't it? It was crazy. Like I still like I remember every single minute of that second half. Um, I was in Ireland were brilliant that night as well. I, I I was in Belfast in college at the time, and um, I remember watching it. There was four of us, and one guy, Northern Ireland supporter, we called him Protestant Dave. We lived with him, and uh, he, <laughs> okay. he, he but hey, lovely fella. <laughs> like we were watching, he was rooting. He was rooting for France, the scumbag. Like, and uh, <laughs> could not, could not believe. Like, I was sick to the stomach. Like Ireland, it was actually one of the best I've ever seen Ireland play. Yeah, they were unbelievable. Yeah, I remember back then they weren't that good. Keith Andrews and Glenn Whelan were amazing that night. Yeah. I remember Keith Andrews especially. And then when it happened, like just couldn't believe. And then Protestant Dave and Fairness then played a blinder. The next, the next day we, I think we woke up from the night out or whatever night before, and he had an Henri shirt hanging on the wall. Okay. He had a Barcelona Henri shirt. Jeez, he had it ready and all. Um, and yeah. Dicko says there's some sad news coming out of Cameroon. Six people have died in what looks like a stampede outside the stadium. I think. Yeah. Um, bef- it must have been before or, you know, in around the, the Cameroon game, which is extremely sad and overshadows the game itself and possibly the tournament. Um, yeah. But we had to read that out because it's it's not good. Um, but, but the Henri stuff, do you know what annoyed me the most about the Henri stuff? It's not the handball. It's the fact that he sits down in the centre circle with Richard Dunn after. Yeah. No, if, no, if I'm Richard, I, if well, I'm Richard I Dunn, like I'm Richard absolutely Dunn. going through him. No, Rich, that was Richard Dunn's fault. I can see, if I was on Re, I would do the same. Like, you know, try to curry favour with somebody, try to see that, you know, look, I'm not a bad guy, totally. Uh, Richard Dunn should have told him to fuck off. Like, he, he let him sit there and chatted away to him. Like, I mm. I, I would never have done that. Like, he never yeah. sat there talking to him. And the, the word out of it was that the French, the French restaurant was fairly quiet after. You know, they knew what had gone on. They knew what was going to come out afterwards with regards to it. Um, and, like... I remember afterwards, like Ireland going absolutely mental. Like they were, they were, there was 
protests outside the French embassy and everything in Dublin. Yeah, the rule rule thirty three. Remember, we were, we were protesting oh, actually official yeah, protest. We wanted to be in a thirty third team. Yeah. <laughs> just just throw us in any group. We don't mind which one it is. Just throw us in any <laughs> yeah, group. We won't cause a fuss. We'll be out after the group stage yeah. anyway. Don't worry. Yeah, we won't cause a big deal. We just throw it up for three games and we'll have a bit of laughed. Just leave us to it. Um, Brian Murphy says one awful decision that might have cost us the league in 0809 this is Liverpool related was Howard Webber at Old Trafford United nil Spurs 2 in the second half gives the United a shocking penal decision United score Spurs collapse and lose 5-2 um, that's kind of gone out of my memory I think the same season isn't that the one where that guy scores against Villa actually against Villa in the last minute what was his name Makeda Federico Makeda Federico Makeda he scored bloody twice against Villa in, in two different games as well he scored a screamer that time that was that was peak Villa at Old Trafford then like you know just yeah. always beating United and they can never get the job done but um, it's funny that that came up like that United decision because a year later was one of the lowest points in my life <laughs> this is this is how sad it is to be a Villa fan Villa were in the League Cup final against United and like Bonnehor goes through Vittage brings him down Straight through and goal, and he doesn't give him a red card. Villa scored a penalty to go one 0 up, sure, mm. but I, I still remember Permanent O'Neill the look on his face, and you could see him mousing. Has to be red. Has to be red. Mm. And he didn't give him the red. What it changed everything. That ah. and then, like you know, O'Neill was gone. Then a few months later, Villa. Look, look, we all know what happened then, but um, yeah, I think that was a big sort of sliding doors moment. The one, um, there's another Liverpool one in here. He said the offside away to City in 13 14. Sterling is three yards on side. That's right. Liverpool are away at Man City. Suarez sticks Sterling through, scores, and he, like he's literally three yards on side. Um, it's, yeah. it, when you see the still of it, it's absolutely unbelievable. And the referee puts the, put, or the linesman puts his flag up. Uh, Graham Powell, two or three yellows. That was against Croatia. Was that cro- against Croatia? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's was right. That yeah. Was that 2010? The World Cup in South Africa? Well, the one we weren't at because we've Ron Ree. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The one we, the, if we'd have been in that group, Graham Powell would have been Grant. Um, <laughs> We would have been appealing for a 17th team to go through to the knockout, right? Yeah, yeah. Can we not ju- just let us ha- hang on here and just keep going through and see what <laughs> happens? But um, yeah, the, that one for Sterling was absolutely crazy. It wasn't the, it was a strange one, I feel it as well. Um, was it last season? The goal line, the, like the, the Orion Island carry, like against Sheffield United, it was the yes. first game, the very first game after lockdown. Like Villa, I don't know who decided to put Villa Sheffield United on as the, as yeah. the big curtain raiser for the season coming back. And Nylon was oh, like one of the worst keepers I've ever seen. He's, like, a couple of games later, he throws. He tries to throw the ball out to the left, and he throws it to Jota to the right. He tried to throw it to the left, and it dropped in front of Jota to the right. Not a blaze it over, thankfully, but um, but yeah, he carried the ball into the net against Wolves, and then leaned against the post, inside of the post, and the goal line technology wasn't turned on. <laughs> and, and didn't Villa stay up? And some was a chef who went down. Burnmouth went down by a point. Yeah, so this That's is the right. thing. Like, you know, Philly got a point that game. Yeah, yeah. So officially, well, that that obviously did yeah. help. But And do you Villa reckon that he hadn't, got the, he hadn't switched on the, the goal line technology? Yeah, they made an announcement at halftime, though, saying it's been switched on now. So yeah. I don't know what everyone's complaining he, about. Apparently, he went back into the into the dressing room and was like, oh, I better knock that watch on. Yeah. Um, you but, know, so he, he knocks it on. But, um, yeah, that, that, that was a mad one. That was a mad one. Um, talking about people coming back um, and we'd, we'd start with Villa because you know Gerard is in there I want to get your thoughts on him so far um, why not because you're a Villa fan um, he's brought in Coutinho 
who was a former Liverpool player coming back to the Premier League after being very, very good in the Premier League and still being linked with Luis Suarez as well. Um, Conan, if you can get Luis Suarez into your life for six months, get him into your life, man. It'll be the best six months you'll ever have because he's an absolute headbanger. But he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant footballer. What have you made of Gerrard and the, the, the signing so far and the possibility that he's still trying to move on, on Luis Suarez? Um, well, like, firstly, yeah, like, everybody, everybody loves Gerard. like, you know, they're, um, they're raving about him, like, he has his, it sounds so simple, and it's not, you know, but the main thing he's brought is just that, the standards, like, you know, like, even the way he talks, because like, he commands respect as well, like, the way he walks, like, you know, yeah. he, he, the yeah. way he carries himself as somebody you would follow, but he was talking there the other day about these signings that he brought in, and he just said, the players here need to accept that I'm going to improve this club in every area of it. Mm-hmm. Why didn't somebody send that? Like, you yeah. know, and he believes that that's what he's going to do. And yeah. That's what he's spending every hour doing. Um, and he said, if somebody comes in in your place, then you just have to accept it, fight for your place, get on with it and, and fight for some game time. And like, that's like for Villa fans, that's just like, yes, like, here we go. Like I, I was on here talking about loving Dean Smith. I think when he got sacked, I was like, Oh, I don't know who they're going to, mm. who they're going to bring in or whatever. And like, Smith did a great job, but then maybe after being there for such a long time, maybe formed a bit of relationships, maybe players were comfortable, maybe like, you know, yeah. players got curry favoured, but with Gerard now, it's just like, here's the standard, none of you are at it yet, <laughs> like, you know, so um, Suarez is on the table, even though I would look at that and think, well, we already have Watkins, we have Ings, obviously he still takes Suarez, but it's just not, it feels like a cherry on top signing, like we just have so many other areas to fix, and in fairness to Gerard. It, the signing so far have been perfect. Like Villa, the, the the glaring thing for the last year is they needed a left-back and they needed a defensive midfielder. So we still need a defensive midfielder and they tried to get Basuma, didn't pay enough money and they've moved on and they're looking like they're getting Bentecourt now from Juventus. Well, that's that's the talk at the minute. 16 million, but, I think, is the price on that. Yeah, look at Dina, no, no, no hanging around. If they had to wait it one extra week, that doesn't happen because Benitez is gone and like yeah. everything changes at everything. But they, they got it. And then, sorry, and then on top of that, bringing in Villa needed another attacking dimension. It wasn't a, a critical area, but then bringing Coutinho into it is it's just magic. Like, you know, and then it's already made Buendia a better player. It's helping Gerard play the way he wants to play. They've got a bit of character as well, which they haven't had. I think I mentioned this before when we talked about Gerard. They've got. They, they don't wilt like they used to, which is probably what you'd expect from somebody like Gerard managing. The thing with Gerard for me is, and, and he's always going to interest, like, you know, he's he's down as one of the greatest players that's ever played for Liverpool. And, you know, if, if, no matter how, how anti-Liverpool you are, you have to look and go, what a fucking player he was, because yeah. he was just outrageous. Um, like he was so fucking good and probably deserved to play in some better teams than he did at Liverpool but the goals he scores and the the performances and you know some people do look back to the time when he could he have left and Chelsea and this that but that was at a time where he was looking going well, what are you going to do like are you going to give me the deal and where are we going because that's a big thing in contracts now when you look at the, the, the likes of Alisson, Fabinho um, Virgil van Dijk whoever signed those deals at Liverpool during the summer um, or between the summer and now they're all looking saying is Salah staying you know are we bringing in players because everyone wants to know how they're going to develop particularly at that stage of their career where this is probably my last big contract 
You know, my last big one before I probably move on and might want to go home to whether it's, you know, Holland or, or wherever it might be, Brazil. Yeah. And, you know, when when you look at it, um, that's that's what that's what players want. They want to see what's going on. And, and when you look at Gerard at that time around at, at Liverpool, he was probably right to push the club a little bit, but that's held against him a tiny, tiny bit. He finishes up, he's treated horrendously by Brendan Rodgers, in my opinion. You know, there's no reason for Brendan Rodgers not to give him a one-year extension on his deal and say, listen, you mightn't play as much, but you're huge at this club. And Brendan Rodgers wanted, Brendan Rodgers' ego wanted only Brendan Rodgers to have an ego at that club or or any standing at that club. And he was quite happy for Gerard to go, in my opinion. Gerard goes off to LA for 18 months or whatever it is. And it's actually, it's actually sad to watch um, mm-hmm. when he's over there because... He's clearly so much better than everyone over there, but you can see the motivation has gone out of him once he's not competing for everything at Liverpool. He comes back and he's at Liverpool and, and he's coaching and, and he's he openly says how much he's learned from Benitez, from from Julia and things, and even Klopp in a short space of time. But when but the thing is, when he gets offered the Rangers job, it's interesting you mentioned standards. Rangers are upside down at the time when he got yeah. that job, right? And he from what I've from from what I've read and heard is Steven Gerrard went into that club and went, listen, I'm not coming into what this mess is. I'm, I'll come in, because it is a mess, but I'll come in. But standards go up the day I come in, and they stay at the level I want them. And he wanted everything right at Rangers. And he said, look, if you're not willing to do that, I'm the wrong man for you. Get someone that'll say yes to you. And he goes in, and in fairness, they book up their ideas, and they're brilliant under him. You know, they should probably win two league titles, um, but they win one. He He... He gets way too zealous after a, a game, a win at Celtic Park in the New Year derby, and he's shouting into cameras and stuff, and he'll never do that again. Yeah, as a manager, he learns from that in a big way, and they they, they trounced the league last season. And you're saying about standards, I, that's the least I expect from Steven Gerrard now, Conan. That's being honest. With you. He'll go in there, and he will just look at no matter what who the player is and go, if I can find someone better than you, I will. And I don't care yeah. who you are. Like I'll put it to this way. If if you went into Aston, if he went into Aston Villa tomorrow and named the best player Aston Villa player in the last twenty years, name him, name the best player in Aston Villa in the last Jack Grealish. Okay, so if he goes in there tomorrow and or goes in there and so on, Jack Grealish is there and he feels Jack Grealish isn't pulling his way, he'll he'll just end Jack Grealish. That'll be it. He'll go. He will bring in Coutinho and go. I get him to do it, and I'll, I'll he he's done it way more than you have, and that's his standards. And he has massive, massive standards because that's the standards he's held himself to for his whole career. And I think that's a huge thing in football. And he's, look, he's touted to be the next Liverpool manager after Klopp leaves. And I think if he continues on the way he is, I think Liverpool will come calling. And no matter what club he's at, he'll come and go manage Liverpool. That's just the way it is, right? But I've, I'm a bit... <laughs> Is he good enough? Is he not good enough? His standards are absolutely are. And I think what he's done at Villa so far has been really impressive because the Coutinho signing gives him time. It's a good signing, but it gives him time. doesn't heap a load of pressure on him. You know, spending 50 million on a number 10, he hasn't done that. Yeah. Luca Dean is a really good one. Really good one because he's the sort of left back you want. Good going forward. Really good left foot. Solid defensively. Um, and... I'm just really interested to see how he gets on. I really am because, uh, like this season, it's a learning curve for him. What do you? What would you like to see from him going into next season? Already looking forward to that because they'll be fine in the Premier League. What does he? What does he have to do for you? Because I think he's had a brilliant start. 
Well, and, he, and he's winding up Everton fans as well. He's just he's having <laughs> yeah with them as well. But, but like that that's part of the package. Like you have to consider like when did he come November? Like he's, he's weeks that he's been there basically, mm-hmm. and already right. If Gerard left today, like you're talking about him being the next Liverpool manager. Mm-hmm. If Gerard left today, Villa are in a better place, right? He's, the team is already better. The squad looks stronger. Yeah, the mentality of the place. It's different. I don't mean just from the players, and the, but it's mostly the players, like where everybody, everybody realizes standard. No, like Gerard's talking about uh, his first six games. He only won three matches. He doesn't want. He doesn't want that to be a pattern with Aston Villa. He doesn't want to be winning matches and losing a match. And we were sort of thinking, <laughs> welcome to Villa, mate. Like you know, get used to it. He's not getting used to it, and now the fans, like all of the fans, have their chest puffed out a bit more, and it's a bit more. Like I think Aston Villa fans would have always said, like we're a big club, we're massive. We won the Champions League back in '82, and you know, like. But I don't know if you had to scratch the surface there. I don't know how stable that ground was. Whereas now, with Gerard only been there a few weeks, there's definitely a lot more confidence around the place. So much so that, like, you know, a few weeks ago, people would have been worried about Ollie Watkins and talks of Arsenal and and other teams. And now it's just like you have all the confidence in the world that you get anybody else in and actually the way it is now at the minute Watkins is the sort of person who people are saying he needs to do more he needs to score more because everybody else is having to contribute Matt Target out of the team is that the comfort level thing because if you have the likes of an Ollie Watkins or or, you know a midfielder whoever it might be you know people are saying that Dina is far from solid defensively Gav says Aiden yeah I think he's really good in the team that Gerard would look to play because the emphasis on Dino would be to get forward and supply and they'll protect him as much as he can if he needs to be. I think he's, I think he's okay, didn't you? Um, I just think we've watched him. I think we've watched him under a flailing Everton side over the last couple of years. I think he's absolutely fine. I think he's a great sign. But you talked about they don't wilt. They don't, is that, does that, does that feed into the fans as well? Because, you know, I've seen Villa over the last 10 years probably and you see them go, go, a goal down away from home and you go that's the game over and yeah. even at, even at Villa Park where you go you get one up, nil up against them hold them out for 15 they get a bit frustrated and you probably pick them off two or three and now when you look at Villa you go they're never out of a game yeah and the fans turn as well like some, I always say Villa Park can be the best place but like very quickly can be the worst place and I've seen some bad Villa players over the years and they don't cope with Villa Park when the fans turn on them, like just a just a groan from the whole end or whatever it is. But but when you have a manager like Gerard there who's so sure of himself, that just feeds into the rest of it. Then like he he's not worried about a fan groaning, like you know. And and actually, what it's doing then is that the fans are just more supportive of the whole the whole setup. And he's barking orders more. I mean, the first game I remember him screaming at John McGinn, like I. I I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't been watching him at Liver or at Rangers. I saw, mm. I saw he he went unbeaten in a season, and I couldn't believe that people were like, "Oh, well, it's a Scottish league." It's like well, he went unbeaten. Like, what do you want them to do? It's like people trying to slag Henrik Larsson for scoring fifty-seven goals. Like, how many fucking yeah. goals do you want them to score? Like, yeah. a good striker scores a lot of goals. A good manager goes unbeaten. Um, and he was roaring at John McGinn just because he was drifting out of position. It just sounds simple like yeah. that. And I thought, okay, actually, he's got an eye for detail that I didn't know he had. And yeah, like I saw an interview of Ben Mee recently. For, I don't know why he was watching a Burnley player being interviewed, but he was going through some of the teams. I think he was doing a word association thing. And Aston Villa came up and he said, unpredictable. That was the word. That's the word that he used of Aston Villa. And it's just exactly what you're saying. Villa could be class in their day, sort of 
you know, a tricky, a tricky opponent, but once you get a goal, they're buried. Everybody just sort of throws a towel in. But now, after two signings and a few weeks of training and, and introducing these players and beating and competing, beat, beating teams and competing with the best teams, like there's so many more options now and everybody's sort of fighting for that place that he's already talking about and they're still trying to sign more players. The the thing you <clears throat> the thing you're talking about with John McGinn, I think it's the, I think his first game is at home to Brighton. Yeah. And he win up two two nil. I think two nil I think Brighton yeah. are probably the better side overall, possession wise, yeah. but I think Watkins scores and Yeah, Young goes in that run from the box and he sets up Watkins and then it's a It's a second, second from this is it's the centre half. Mings does Mings get the second? Yeah, he does. It's a it's a it's a half volley of his right foot. Actually, yeah, it, it kind of gets, right gets yeah. played out. It kind of gets saved and knocked out him on the right hand side. Just yeah, it, yeah. But but the thing you, uh, I watched that game. It was a Saturday three o'clock, and or it might have been a bit earlier, but I definitely watched it. And he is shouting him again because you can see him on camera shouting him again. Yeah. And I think what he was saying, what what he was trying to get him again for was. McGinn kept going to get involved yeah. off fullbacks for the ball. And what Jared was trying to say to him was, stop doing it. Because yeah. what, what he wanted to do was, he didn't want McGinn to be the first pass from a fullback. He wanted to, to be the second pass. And the reason being, if, uh, I don't know who was playing, Douglas Louise or someone was playing in there with him, right? He, what he was saying was, if he goes and gets the ball, and turns out and gives it to you, you're in more space in a more central part of the pitch to be able to hit balls, which he was hitting over the back of fullbacks. And that's what Jared was crying at. Jared was saying, why do you keep coming in short to these fullbacks? Because all you're doing is boxing yourself in. And we're having to play four and five and six more passes to get you where we want to get you. He has got, an, he has got attention to detail because um, anyone, I, anyone I've read about or anything I've read about Jared is he's obsessed with the game like he's obsessed with the game you know um, like Jamie Carragher used to be obsessed with the game but he was a real it was a real case of knowing loads about the game lo- knowing loads about all different stuff where Jared is really tactically really switched mm. on and, and wants to learn and, and goes through every minute detail and um, when you when you when you link that with the standards he sets the will to win and what he expects it's it's um it's a great it's a great recipe because the amount of former England players I've listened to on podcasts and they go who was the best he played with and they go oh Gerard was ridiculous Gerard used to and Crouch talks about it all the time and I heard um, I actually heard Jay Botroy talk about it and very similar stories where they'd say he gets a ball and he wraps a ball into him from 20 yards like a ridiculous thundering speed and he expects you to to just kill that dead and play and if you don't he's looking at you going don't look a bit look at me about the pass. Yeah. You're the one receiving it. The pass is at you. I don't care how quick it is. If you want me to feather it into you, we're going to lose possession. And and that's what he was like. And Peter Crouch said the amount of players he's seen wilt. In, yeah, I remember that. Coming, actually, in, coming yeah. into Liverpool and he's whacking balls into you. And if you can't control him, he's nearly looking at you with disdain. You know the sort of way. Yeah. Um so it's you know what? I think he'll do very well. I think It'll be interesting in two years' time if Klopp does leave Liverpool and where Gerrard is, if he's still at Villa and he's still doing well, because I do believe if Liverpool go for Gerrard, no matter what club he's at, I think they'll get him. You know, um, it's it's just a case of... We just know he wants to, he wants to manage Liverpool. You know, he's, he's open, he said it. Um, but I, I, enjoyed ta- I enjoyed talking to um, Villa there and, and, and uh, Gerrard. Um, any other... Now, people in the chat... 
throw me some mad refereeing decisions that we can talk about. Throw me some returns to certain to clubs that you've seen players and managers do that worked out really well. And if you want to ask us about crisps, you can absolutely do that as well because we do what we want on this show. Let's be honest about it. Um, but bad. Did you think the pen was a penalty on Jota the other day? I might as well ask you. Ah, like did, did you? Like I, I don't, I don't no. think so. Like no, I got. I, actually, the thing that annoyed me most about that whole incident was the commentary that just didn't <laughs> seem to pick up on Trent Alexander Arnold's pass. Yeah, like like if you, if, you, if you can't get excited about a, a right back at right back yeah. intercepting the ball and from that position setting up a goal chance with one touch, yeah. if you can't get excited about that, like piss off. He's like, a ridiculous footballer, isn't he? Yeah, it's all it's it's, it's stupid stuff and. um yeah, like even when he slowed it down, I don't know. I don't know why the VAR is asking you to go look at it to start off with. And I don't know why referees have gotten into this habit of just accepting when the VAR tells him to go over. We all know now mm. he's going to give it, but why does he not just go over and look? He now has the exact same information mm. as what the VAR has. Like they both watch the replay. He can look at it and be like, "Jesus, mate, are you serious?" Like, no, I'm not giving that. He he didn't. He doesn't give it, and VAR say to him obviously say to him listen you need to go and look at that he's, he's made contact with the player have a look and he goes over and then he gives it and um, Johnny B. Red says no way a penalty uh, Jota jumped into him says Kieran B um, you know the ghost goal <laughs> well the ghost goal is the Garcia one um, yeah. do you remember they were doing um, reconstructions of that and everything with um, <laughs> AI intelligence and fucking all sorts yeah. of going on um, but, but I think I, I think Jota moves towards the goalkeeper and I think the keeper hits him. Um, where the ball is and if it's out or not is immaterial. That doesn't matter. It's it's all about the collision and is it intentional or not. And the referee, for some reason, does think it is, does think it's a penalty. Do you, do you know what one always stands out to me, though? Um, do you remember Raheem Sterling for City a couple of years back against Shakhtar Donetsk? He, he goes in the box and he goes to kick the ball, completely misses it, kicks the ground, goes on the ground, hits the deck and he's given a penalty. You have to know with time when it comes to Sterling. Yeah, I know, yeah, but this one, this one was outrageous. <laughs> this one was like, he, he goes in the box, he's running. Your man's like, your man's chasing, but he's not close to him. He goes to hit the ball. Oh, do kicks, you remember this? Kicks yeah. the ground about a foot in front of, behind the ball. Screams hit, on his way down. Hits the ground and he gives a penalty. And not only that, Sterling, like, doesn't even have the class to stand up and go, listen, I kicked the ground. He doesn't. He takes the fucking penalty. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's a penalty. You know what I mean? And and people are like, oh my God, that is absolutely ridiculous. So I was trying to get people in the chat to tell us mad stuff. Uh, aluminium says, um, butter, crisps, bread, and football in that order. Gotta love the Irish perspective and priorities for a talk show. Yeah, but you see, that's the thing. When it comes to this show, we'll talk football. We've talked Villa. We've talked Ireland, France. And then we can talk about crisps. I don't see the problem. <laughs> no, and, and nobody that's come on this show has seen a problem with it. Nobody's come off this show and went, what the fuck are we talking about Chris for? Um, <laughs> they, they seem okay with it. So, uh, I don't know. If we get loads of complaints, we might stop, but I don't think we will. I really don't think we will. Um, yeah, that, that, that Man City one was bad. That was a bad one. I'm trying to think of any more. Can you think of any more good ones? Well, what about you know, the... What about the Cavani offside at, at the weekend? Like that, like, when, when you see... Fans of either side pulling out uh, their compasses and <laughs> their protractors and they're drawing lines on the pitch, you know. Like, geez, oh, no, that's the best one. Did you ever see when people freeze frame on the TV and they put a ruler up to the TV? Yeah. Yeah, the, I love that stuff. That's is, how you do. When I looked at it initially, I was like, guy, ah, it looks offside. And then, like, people were like taking that little line from the box 
and pulling it down, but yeah. not realizing that the line on the pitch, you know, the natural color yeah. of the pitch, when it's like that's no change from the box. And like, look, I'm getting into it now as well. I'm yeah. drawing lines on the screen. Like, I need yeah. to stop. Yeah, come here. Can I ask you? Um, do you look one a couple of weeks ago? Um, in the cup, was it the cup? It was Villa and United. Um, did they disallow a Villa goal? Fucking right, they did. Um, Hang on, I'm, I remember being completely incensed by this. There's been that many Villa games recently. Oh, did I don't, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, am I right in saying most Villa fans weren't incensed that the goal didn't stand? It was just that how far back and how much of the shit you were looking at. Oh, but no nonsense. The goal should have stood. Like the like absolute joke of carry on. Like like on both counts that they uh, they spent three three and a half minutes. I think it was the longest ever check. They checked if Ollie Watkins was offside, and then. The guy had to say to him, Ollie Watkins didn't touch it, mate. And it's like, well, fucking check somebody else. Is Danny Ings offside? <laughs> and then they take Danny Ings. Yeah. And it's like, no, he's not offside. And it's like, is there a handball? Yeah. Is anybody, like, has anybody handballed? They check handballed and nobody handballed. And then they went out to Edinson Cavani charging in, the same way Jada charged into the keeper. Edinson Cavani charged into Jacob Ramsey, who's standing there. I saw Chris Brack in the, in the comments there asking, can you take Jacob Ramsey to Liverpool? Fuck off! Like no way, that's not happening. <laughs> but, yeah. but then they give they give a penalty, or no, they disallow the goal because Cavani dives at the edge of the box, and n- neither of them were involved in the goal. So, so you're still upset over it? <laughs> Is that what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, you're still upset. Uh, Ali A says, "God, did you see Harvey Elliott went to Blackburn today to say thanks for everything from last season when he was on loan with them?" Yeah, I did see that. Harvey Elliott is due back for Liverpool in the next couple of weeks. What do you make of Harvey Elliott? Uh, he's a he's a he's a baller, isn't he? And like, do you know what? Um, for a young lad and stuff like that. And I know we, we, was he getting a bit of heat for like tweeting a lot after he, he got injured? I think it was a was he being a bit too classy? I remember at the time people were like, "All right, like you know, just just be quiet." No, I remember it sort of turned a little bit very briefly. But I think he gets injured and he, and he and he does an Instagram post when he's in the hospital to say he's okay and good stuff. And then I see him probably one or two, and then I really didn't hear of him. Until, this is it. until this he is was it. a part of back that he was back in some sort of training. Yeah. And not, not force team training, but just back in rehab, I suppose. I've, heard, I've probably only seen about four or five things in four months. Oh, and this is what I'm going to say. Like, so yeah. a young lad, he was doing, he was flying. He's obviously a class footballer. And then I thought, oh, he's just going to be injured and just, you know, on social media all day, like whatever, you can do what you want. But then he just, like, I, I did see a couple of clips from a Liverpool account where he's just doing all this work on these, like, bouncing materials you know to try and strengthen his leg up and he must have just been living in the gym in the rehab center and like i can't believe he got him back so quickly like to a point where he's training with the first team again oh, he's uh, due back now for the cup game on the six so obviously obviously he's a class footballer but more importantly he obviously has some bit of stuff behind him as well and good backbone i can't wait to see him back because um i thought he was flying um when he gets injured that time i thought he, i literally think it would have been very hard to leave him out at Liverpool side, and I include when everyone was fit. That's how good he was playing. Yeah, um, because he look. I don't know. I don't even know if he had an assist. I don't know if he got a goal. But the way he was playing and the space and the under the space he was opening for people and the understanding he was getting with, in particular Mo Salah and and Trent was was outrageous. And and Liverpool just had an extra dimension to him. And what a bonus! Like just dropped into that midfield three, and suddenly yeah. he's lighting up. Yeah, because when it came to pre-season, you seen him in the midfield three quite a bit, and you went. Yeah, you actually seen it and you thought to yourself, he's going out on loan because he's not getting into that front. Yeah, yeah. They're putting him into midfield to give him games and 
you won't see him. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, he's starting. Oh, nice one. And um, you know, he was and he was he was great. And like he, he didn't look out of it physically, um, you know, up and down the pitch, you know, taking tackles. Like he they played um Burnley early in the season. And when I say they kicked him from pillar to post, some of the tackles were outrageous on him. And he just got up. Just got up and gave her as good as he got. And um, <clears throat> to see him get injured was really bad, but to see him back now, he's due back. I hope to see him play against Cardiff. And, you know, he's a young lad. He seems to be classy enough. And um, he's a he's a big, big talent. You know, you were talking about Jacob Ramsey there. like, And I, I know a lot of people rate him highly. But um, Harvey Elliott, to me, looks at just a proper, proper player. Pat Moynihan says, Gav, do you remember Tato Pub Crisps bring them back? Yes, I absolutely do. You can get a version called Manhattan Pub Crisps now, which are outrageous as well. Um you remember Ghosties? Like, they're oh, like Banshee. Yeah, oh, hold on. Now we're in a rabbit hole. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Ghosties. Yeah, smoky bacon flavour. They keep bringing back Banshee Bones, but they don't bring back Ghosties. Ghosties were infinitely better. Well, Banshee Bones ba- Banshee Bones were salt and vinegar flavour. Ghosties were smoky bacon flavour. Yeah. But they weren't crisps. They were like, what, what do you call them? Maze? Is that what they're called? Um, when does a crisp become a maze? Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose <laughs> when it's not flat, it's not a crisp. Um... But yeah, ghosties were outrageous. Banshee bones were brilliant. Hot lips, hot lips were amazing. Yeah, hot lips are good. Um, meanies are still going. Meanies are quality. Yeah, I'm thinking of skips. Somebody's when you said hot lips, I started thinking of skips. And then no, I hot thinking... lips. Hot lips were like. Um, oh yeah, I know. I know the ones. They were. It's just a spicy flavour. They, they were really good. But I still maintain that the best ever to put on a crisp, to put on, and I'm going back to this, I'm sorry, Conan, but the best thing to put on, on bread uh, with butter was a pack of crisps called um, Crunchos, which were hot dog flavour. And they were, they looked like branches <laughs> off trees. That's the only way I can explain it. And you just, want, you just want a sausage in the middle. You just want a hot dog. Like you should just have the hot dog and then have No, no, these them. are lovely. These are lovely. Just, uh, uh, you know, um, a roll, loads of butter, throw, lash the whole pack around and it was, it was all good. Um, but uh, same boy in the 65 says he's hungry now. <laughs> so um, yeah, this is what happens. This is what happens. Um, Gav, can you ask Conan about Carney Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Why won't he sign a new contract? And is he any good? Yeah, he's brilliant. He's um, he's just turned 18. Uh, he's, he's, he's class. Uh, and this sort of goes back to the confidence thing I was telling you about. And I used the Ollie Watkins example because Villa fans love him. He's come to the academy. He's tall, he's strong, he won the FA Youth Cup. Um and he's he's a great player. Like he, he was in the team, he came into the team at the end of last year, got a few chances this year. Um he's been thrown into games now, like you know, when it matters, like he, he came on against United, uh helped change the game. Like he like, I know Coutinho was the big influence, but Chuck Wemmiga came on as well and he uh he had a big role he played in the first goal. Um no, he's very good, and like the, the thing is, I'm talking about the confidence. Gerard has now given him a bit of tough love. Like he, he's actually, I see a few comments in the media from Gerard, sort of putting the pressure on him a bit now to sign that contract. Mm. I think the reason he's not signing the contract is because he's he's so highly thought of, he's sought after by a lot of people. Um, Do you expect him to sign a contract? I don't think so now at this stage. Like I, I think it's a strange one because. Like he's pro- his head's probably turned by bigger uh, clubs that, and clubs that are doing better than Villa at the minute. But 
you have a better chance of breaking through at Villa, like you know, especially in that midfield area. Like it's it, there's a there's a place there for him. They mm. go and take it. I know I know um, the name. I know the name has come up because I know Liverpool have been linked with him. Um, I haven't seen much of him. I haven't seen. Yeah, much it'd of him be. Play. Be an interesting one, like with Liverpool's system. Like he'd obviously have to play in the middle three, which he hasn't done for Villa. He's always played sort of in the number ten role. Um, he's always been an attacking midfield role. So I don't know where he would fit in with Liverpool. No, he is athletic, and so maybe Klopp could use him as like he's always looking for that playmaker from that role as well. Although Harvey Elliott can do that too. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, look, he's, he's going to be classy. He is brilliant already, but um, I think Gerrard's starting to. It's, it's it's just exactly what he's brought to the club now. He's just that sort of like, well, if you do, if you don't want me, fine. Like you know, I'm I'm good enough to just to, to go out my own and stand at my own. Like you know, so Villa yeah. fans aren't as beholden to anybody as much anymore. Although I do hope he signs the bloody contract. Yeah, and I suppose like you said, a bit of tough love from Gerard. Gerard probably turning around, sign a Grant. But if you don't, fuck you. You know, exactly. I mean, they can't get someone yeah. else to play. Whereas whereas managers beforehand would have been kind of laying down in front of him hoping that he signs it and, and probably promising them things that you know probably weren't true you know throwing extra stuff and Dicko says here's one for you breaking news Hodgson set for Wofford oh fucking hell it's like, like can nobody let that poor man just retire in peace well he keeps coming back he's obviously someone's rang I suppose it would only be a six week job as well like you know once he's once he gets sacked <laughs> yeah well, Wofford it is <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people have longer holidays than fucking the manager that has the job at Watford. When's Frank Lampard going to realise that he's not going to get a job as big as Chelsea again? Like he, he needs to, he needs to take the Watford job. Like that's, isn't, he that's linked, isn't he linked with Everton? Although isn't isn't the agent Kia whatever his name is? Um, isn't he involved with Everton somewhere and he's pushing a manager on Everton at the moment? And I'm I'm convinced that um. Everton are just linking him as a way of like drumming up interest in the job. Like, there's no yeah. way they would give it to Lampard and not give it to Rooney, for example. Like, why would you not just how, give it to Rooney if we're going to give it to Lampard? How big a trouble do you think Everton are in? I didn't realize they're only four points off. Like, I know Newcastle have you and Norwich. Have you seen the next six games? No, what are they? Right, so they have um, they have a cup game at home to Brentford in the FA Cup. I was just showing, I was showing one of the lads here, um, or a couple of lads here earlier. I'll get a few now. Um, um, so they play Brentford in the cup, right? Well, listen to this. Right, so the next six, sorry, the next five league games after the cup game Newcastle away, Leeds at home, Southampton away, Man City at home, Tottenham away. Jesus Christ. There's so man. many problems in that for me. There's just so many <laughs> problems in that for me. With um, Duncan Ferguson telling them to just try harder the whole time as well. Yeah, yeah. And Duncan Ferguson sitting there trying to tell people that, look, they look for the best managers in the world, and I'm sure they'll go and find that. Um, the last, they got a top-class manager, Ancelotti, who legged it, fourth chance he got. And they brought in Benitez, who they should have stuck by regardless, and they got rid of him. It was, where did he go? Um, but, yeah, Hodgson. Hodgson to Wofford. That could be, um, that could be so oh, hey. There, there, there's a lot I'm not saying it's the same and I think Villa were a bit more in free fall at the time but there's a lot of similarities between Everton at the minute and Villa in 2016 when they got relegated like Villa had a better side than what what should have got relegated but it was a pile of inflated wages and inflated egos and didn't really work nobody gave a shit they spent stupid money Everton spent more stupid money in fairness but then Villa 
<laughs> they went from Tim Sherwood and then got rid of him, brought in a caretaker, and then brought in Remy Gard, mm. who didn't last like and got brought in a caretaker to oversee the relegation. And now I'm seeing Everton talking about Vitor Pereira. Yeah. You know, but like, apparently Vitor Pereira is linked to I never know how to say the fella's second name, Kia Joe what's the the, the agent? You know the, the agent, agent you're talking about, yeah. Kia Jobakin or whatever his name. I can never say a second name. So um if someone wants to write that out probably in the chat for me as how to say it. But um apparently he's his agent. And or or he's linked with him in some way, and he that's why that name is being thrown in there. But who takes the job? Because no matter who goes in there, they're backed, right? And the funny thing is, Benitez might have done them a favour by getting rid of Marcel Brantz because Brantz was signing all these players, and then the manager was taking them. But who goes in there? Because trust me, uh, Jorapchin. Jorapchin, says Emma Cavanaugh. I remember that, Jorapchin, because I just always look at the second name and go, oh, it's not even talking about him. I can't be arsed with his name. Um, <laughs> but Jorapchin, right, is meant to be involved there and he's meant to be getting this fella and he's pushing them on everything. But anyone in their right mind goes in there and goes, right, they might back me with money, although the wages, the income is or to turn over something like 89 or 90 percent at the moment yeah which is hamstringing them big that's why they sold dinya to get those two fullbacks in to level up the, the books really right and machiri is saying we're committing the 100 million loan you gave to everton and um, we're actually turning that into um you know money now we're, we're putting it into the club but that all that does is all that does is reduce your your percentage and it's not going to reduce it enough to to make you comfortable you know the sort of way that hundred million loan goes this year, and then next year you're still back to earning less money, and you can't spend. And if if I'm a manager going in there, I'm thinking to myself, I might have the first five really good, like Benitez did, and I might go on a six or seven game stretch where we know the squad isn't good enough, and we lose four out of six, and they just go fucking mental. Like, yeah, it's a mad one. It's an absolute mad one, and. It's not only the fact that the, the fans are just completely mental, right? It's the fact that I don't know who's running that club. Like, Bill Kenry is wandering around Gladys Street after this fucking, after most games, and not, he doesn't know what to be saying to people. He looks like he's like he's just wandering around with his pie in the sky stuff. Everyone's shouting at him, and he's looking at them going, doesn't even realise the game's gone on. You know the sort of way? It's, it's mad. It's a mental situation. I think they're in huge, huge trouble. I really do. Hannah like, alone agrees. I, she says they're in, actually in serious trouble. I didn't realize how bad it was. They are, and like you know, a big part of it is because I think Newcastle will get their act together to some degree, and Norwich will make a fist of it. And we didn't think that would happen as well. Like they're, they're, once Everton are dragged into it, which they are now, yeah. then then it's it's big trouble. Like they 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 have to start looking over their shoulders and um, <laughs> like they're they're not good. <laughs> they're not a good team. Nobody has a clue what they're doing. There's no spirit there, like like I'm saying. Like you're, you're, we're talking about the wages and the, like you said about the hundred million. That in Everton land, that would get you three Awobies. Like that's how far that hundred million goes. Like you know. You yeah. Know? Well, Alakunley Double O Seven says if he provides a hundred million equity, then they'd be able to spend um, as that's a hundred million of the debt wiped. Yeah, that's fine, right? But what happens is you wipe that, okay? Which brings you under. It's it's about turnover. Right, so if you bring that in and that's part of your turnover for this year, that's absolutely fine. But next year, you still have all these players on huge amounts of money, and your turnover, unless you're putting another hundred million in just to balance it, doesn't work. Fab Machiri has spent five to six hundred million quid on everything, 
five or six hundred million quid at everything, right? And and we're we're sitting here going, they're in deep shit. They are in they are one defeat against New Look, if Newcastle were to beat them and Watford and Norwich say for argument's sake, but to get a result. They are right up against it. And the biggest problem, they'd actually be better off hoping that another wave of COVID comes and they close the stadiums to, to supporters. Because that place yeah. will be feral um every single week if that was to go on. It's all very well him saying, Oh, we've a hundred million and we've we've made an equity. That's great. But all it's doing all it's doing is basically trying to sweeten the deal for a manager coming in. But that manager will quickly realise that in the summer or next January to go, well, that 100 million is actually from last year and now we're still only taking the next amount and we're still paying these players. So where do we go? It's it's absolutely insane. But this is what I mean. Like, you know, 100 million to another team like would be good to, to another team apart from United and apart from Everton. Like, when you're spending almost 30 million on Alex Iwobi, like 100 million doesn't go 40 very million far. on Alex Iwobi, wasn't it? For, like, Jesus fucking Christ. And and then the wages that you're talking about, like, the it's such a mess of a cleanup job. You're right to say who would take it because, it, like, there, there's so much rotten fruit lying around the changing room, but you can't even get rid of it. You can't even sweep it out the changing room unless you're going to write it off. Was that but 100 the, but million? The, but, the, but the thing is that they're coming out with statements, right? Fab Machiri is coming out with statements, right? And, you know, the, the, the popular opinion there was to put um, Duncan Ferguson in, right? Because that's just a popular thing. All we know is the club. Who gives a fuck? I know a lot about Liverpool, but they're not giving me the fucking job tomorrow if you yeah. Klopp decides to take a year off and you haven't found a replacement, right? And they're making all these statements, and he just seems to be going, Mishiri just seems to be going on and on and on from the next team to the next, and the fans go mental, and he reacts, and then he says, oh, look, I'm putting this money in, and they'd be better off bringing in whatever manager they want and just literally making a statement going, listen, this fucking squad isn't good enough. This is going to take three years before we even have a, a chance of looking at top half of the Premier League. We're putting it out there right now, right? This is what we plan to do. The squad isn't fucking good enough and just deal with it, right? So if we yeah. lose four in a row, deal with it. If we win six in a row, don't get too high and start ringing your fucking Liverpool support and friends saying, telling them you're back. <laughs> Stop doing stuff like that. And that, But they won't do it. They won't do it. And And... It's because they still live in this mad world, right? Where they're a huge club and they deserve the the, the standards should be the best, right? Yes, standards probably should be the best, but they're nowhere near. They're nowhere yeah. near where they should be. It's a bit like when Liverpool, you know, um, probably in the years 98, 99, people thought they could win this, they could win that. They couldn't win anything. You know, it took Hulie to come in and go, listen, these are all pricks. Um, this is what you need to do. And he done it. And he, people didn't like it. People didn't like the style, but he got results. You know, and every season you'd be going in, and I was the same. You go in every season and go, this would be our year. But you could see once a f- one fault went, it was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you look at, and, and the funny thing is, everything, a lot of it, what everything do is is dictated by what Liverpool do. Liverpool do something, everything have to do something. You know, it's like, oh, look at them over there, right? But the gas thing is, when Jurgen Klopp comes in, what does he say? He says, yeah, this club, forget about what's happened in the past. We need to look, to f- stop thinking about how you were in the 70s and 80s, right? We are here at the moment. This is what we need to do. We need to start believing in ourselves and not just doubters to believers. What he meant, what he actually, I think he means by that is, they, 
Liverpool always thought they were a big club and they were a big club. But for me, Klopp came in and went, listen, you're not as good as him, him and him. Simple as that. Now, we need to get to that, but it's going to take time. And he just said it. He just said it. And yeah. people just went, do you know what? Let's go with it. And Liverpool, you have to remember, in Klopp's fourth season, he bins the fucking Champions League qualification for the Europa League, which he ends up losing. And what do the fans say? Fair enough. It was worth the fucking risk. We go again. And it gets better and better and better. But it, it needs so much... Um, it needs so much confidence in what a man is doing and patience and everything refused to have it. It's a bit like Manchester United when they say, oh, you know, um, we're signing players and, we, you know, for, if we look at us in three and four years' time, you don't give a fuck about three or four years' time. You despise the fact that you have to look three or four years down the line. You want it done yesterday. And that's where United tell lies to themselves as well. But I'm being honest with you, Colin, I'm mad, mad stuff. And I don't know who takes it. And when they do take it, God love them. God love them because I think it's a yeah. fucking horrendous job. Hundred percent. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go near it. Like you know, I, w- I wouldn't even wish it on Frank Lampard. That's <laughs> that's how bad a job it is. But do you know what Klopp did as well? Klopp came in and do you remember the whole mess around Liverpool just before that? Like the the arguments about the transfer committee mm. and like you know people weren't sure of who were signing and what what way it was happening. Klopp came in and just got along with them. He had that confidence. He had that ability to bring people together. Mm. Said, "I have no problem with that. If that's how it works, great." But before that was a thing that was sort of held like, against Liverpool. Like, you know, how how can this be that you have a transfer committee and you have a manager? Yeah, Klopp but came the, in. But, yeah, yeah, but what happened there was what happened there was they put a name on it. Every club has a transfer committee. Every one of them. If yeah. You think one fella, if you think one fella is sitting at a club deciding what's going on, you're fucking mad, right? Yeah. So, so they always have a couple. So it would be the manager, the assistant, it could be the head scout, it could be the director of football, whatever it is. They all sit and have meetings about players. But Liverpool put a name on it, right? And when Klopp comes in, he says, well, yeah, they have a transfer committee, but we won't be discussing that anymore. You know, yeah. and basically yeah, said, exactly, he basically yeah. said, we'll continue doing it because the funny thing is, Michael Edwards... Michael Edwards, who's left, who's leaving Liverpool, he was involved in all this, and he's still fucking there. Exactly. And and they want to build st- statues of him, right? Yeah. And the funny, but but Klopp just went, why are we even talking about that? It's no one's fucking business. We make signings, yeah. and yeah, there might be four or five people that uh, team, but we won't be coming out going, here's a new signing, and here's the five lads that sat in the room last week and talked yeah. about him. Won't happen because, like you said, he had the confidence to go. Well, yeah, we'll have a look at what way they're doing that, and if it's good, great. But we're not putting the name in. If it's not good, I'll fucking yeah. tell you. You know. But you look at the difference then, like right now then with Everton, like I, I, I honestly, how does any, like this is this is a Premier League football club, but imagine how high up a business this is in the world. And there's no, there's, there's such little joined up thinking that when one manager wants to get rid of Luka Dinya, that's just, that's just approved. It's, it's just gone straight through and nobody in this whole business had a thought like actually hang on. We're going to sack him in two days' time. Could you know? Maybe we should pump the brakes on that and get a second opinion. Just like poof out the door. Maybe you're right. Maybe they needed a bit of extra cash. But like crazy that it, like they just let a big asset like that. They should have been getting more money from him. He's a good player anyway, and they just let him go because one manager they were going to get rid of within a week wanted get rid of him, and that was it. But Gone. there's no. But like you said, there's no joined up thinking because if you remember rightly, he they're on a bad run. Right, and there's calls for Benitez's head. I, I think it might be after the Liverpool game where Liverpool just, when I say swatted them aside at Goodison, right? Um, like swatted them aside. It could have been any score, right? And there was calls on him, and they were like, no, we, we absolutely back Rafa Benitez. And before you know, Marcel Brands is out the door, right? He's gone, right? There's talk that he's going to get rid of Duncan Ferguson, right? He sells Luca Dean, 
which is which is grand, right? That's that's them backing him. They go and lose a couple more games, right? And there's a fella in the stand at Carroll Road saying, Rap Benitez, get out of our club or whatever, time to go, whatever the fuck they, they put on with um, mask and tape or whatever it was, right? And and all of a sudden he's sacked. So you're sitting there now, after, like you said, after selling your left back, who's probably in the top three players you have, with that, yeah. with Calvert-Leon and Richardson, maybe DeCorey is good as well, right? So you've you've got rid of your director of football. You, you've... you've Stored up relations probably with, with Duncan Ferguson. You've got rid of your left back. You've been telling people 10 days ago that you're absolutely backing Rafa Benitez and what he's trying to do. And then you sack him. And this is all because the fans want him gone. So yeah. there's no there's no strength in the, any of the thinking. You know? Like, uh, and again, just take the, t- t- take the joined up thinking angle even further. You have Duncan Ferguson then coming out, and I shouldn't be putting any credence into what Duncan Ferguson says, but he's coming out this week then saying they know now what it means to play for Everton. And it's like you couldn't have fucking told them that when you were assistant manager the whole time with Benitez, or when yeah. you were with Carlo Ancelotti. Like, yeah, you Duncan Ferguson been, is definitely sitting there saying to the squad, "I know a secret, but I'm not telling you." Yeah, and then when Benitez goes, says, "Look, the secret is this is what it means to play for Everton." Like these are the same; these are the same people he's talking about that when they sign for Everton, are going, "What a great club!" and it means so much to me to play for Everton. But when we have a bad results, it's oh, now they know how what it feels like to play for Everton. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like genuinely, what the fuck are you talking about? And and you see, this the funny thing is, right? I don't blame Duncan Ferguson for saying this stuff because Duncan Ferguson knows if he says this, the vast majority of Everton fans will look and go, see, see, Duncan Ferguson's yeah. only there 48 hours and the players are under no fucking illusions as to what it's like to play with Everton. Club. Yeah. But he's sitting with Benitez for the last six months and he's not saying nothing to them. <laughs> you know, he's literally sitting there smirking going, oh, I should really tell these it means a lot to play with Everton because they're obviously all fucking brain dead. So I just won't see anything to them and I'll be able to tell them when Benitez goes. You know, mad stuff like it's, yeah. it's fucking mental. Um, I, I I'd argue that actually they know full well what it's like to play for Everton. Like you know, Everton right now is what it's like to play for Everton. Like that's they they know better than anybody. Just in free fall, mass fans going crazy as you say, Bill Kenwright walking around not knowing what he's doing. That's what it's like to play for Everton. Those players Bill, know well. Bill Kenwright came out of the ground the other day, and I seen a video right. And there's a group of people, police are between them, and they're talking. And in fairness, the people are saying shouting at them. A few of them are shouting, but the guys at the front are trying to talk to them. And Bill Kenry is literally standing there, right? And he's looking beyond these people that are talking. But this kind of half, not grin on his face, because he's not laughing, yeah, but yeah. real kind of like, um, you know, I don't even know the word. He, he, he's trying to be very cordial to them with, the, with his facial expression. But, but there's no reaction off him. He's just standing there because what the fuck is Bill Kenroy going to say? Bill Kenroy is now there, right? And he's not having that, no fucking say over what's going on. Sure, he's walking around going, the fans are giving out, right, sack him. Right, okay, bring Duncan in. Dun- Dunk comes in and says, oh, everything, we need to do this. And the fans go, yay. And Sherry goes, that's fucking brilliant. Um, look, we're back on track, right? And then an agent yeah. comes along and went, listen, I have a manager over here. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll take him. And they go and do that. Right, and I guarantee you, they'll all convince themselves that this fella's great. And then, right, then when it happens, right, and something goes wrong, be like, well, get out of our club. So they're actually giving out. They want the Benitez sacked, which they got. They want the Ferguson, which they got. And at the same time, they're shouting at these people to get out of their club. Who are they shouting at? If if Adam Shirley walked right in that football club, the football club is gone. 
You know, Gav, remember to mention the new lump of concrete everything they're building. Mate, it's one of the funniest um, social media posts I've seen in ages where they went, the new superstructure is underway. And it was literally a fucking two foot by two foot <laughs> concrete beam that was in the ground and went about eight foot in the air. And that's all you could see. You know, where <laughs> Liverpool go... Uh, and Liverpool I think say, Duncan Ferguson. The Anfield Road <laughs> end is coming on when you look and there's steel everywhere and there's fucking stairs and there's and you go, Jesus, they're flying with that. This genuinely go back and look at everything on social media. It's literally a lump of concrete. It's it's like two foot by two foot, I'd say, and it goes about twelve foot in the air, and behind it you can see, you know, like um concrete slabbed walls. You know, like the walls you see where the concrete slabs sit on top of each other like this yeah. and meet. And you can see them in the and that's it. And a bit of steel coming out of the slab that you can see in front. It's fucking mad stuff. Mad stuff. And and these are mm. and and people are going, This is it. The everything. Well, we'd be the we'd be the real team in the city because we'd be down on the docks and all and going, Would you ever fucking stop? There's more chance of you floating off the Irish Sea in that fucking thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, and they're not even building it. The council are fucking building it. You know the sort of way it but it's it's mad. But Kenroy doesn't know what's going on. They want they keep shouting Kenroy and Co, it's time to go. Who's on Co? Because is it the owner? Because if the owner goes, what the fuck are you doing? Are you running it? Yeah. It's it's absolutely mental, uh, Colin. It really is. Like it's just mad. I don't know how we've gone on to this at this hour of the night, but it's just fucking <laughs> well, insane. I was just thinking we didn't get on to returns really, but like if I was Rooney, like what a, I would never want to go to that job right now. Like you know that would just wouldn't tarnish his legacy. Like he's probably already did that by going to United so early, but like, it's it's just. Which like like you'll have a better chance at an Everton job in a few years time. Like don't don't go there now. Like don't don't go from Derby and the financial ruin that they're in to Everton and the fucking ruin that they're in. Just like it's it's just not appealing, and it can hold out, and he'll get offered a job in a few years time. But the thing, like um, Owen Borg says, big dunk rang every pub around Goodison before the Villa game, and told yeah, him the fourth round was on him. That's not a true story. That's a true story, yeah. Because one of the pubs, um, one of the pubs put out a thank you to him, and then uh, reports that all the other pubs around Goodison did it as well. Like, just, so what? you just said, anyone that comes in the pub, buy them a drink. Yeah, their first drink was on was on dunk. Like maybe maybe he knew it was a half twelve kickoff, so he might have been lucky enough. But <laughs> it was eighty. It cost him forty quid. Like, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't going to do it for a five thirty Um, Johnny Barrett said, "Be bloody freezing on match days at Everton New Ground." Um. Look, it looks a brilliant stadium. Don't get me wrong, but what what state are you going into it? You know, because I, I know the council have a big thing to do with this. Now, in fairness, um, Shawnee was telling me something. There's something along. There's something up at that's not up at the stadium, but up at the way it's funded and stuff like that. So I'll have to go and ask him um, exactly what's going on before I comment on that. Because um, all I know is that I've just seen one big concrete pillar and they're calling it superstructure. You know, it's literally like fucking. You know, I could genuinely get me two-year-old to build you a Lego thing as high as this, and we could call it a superstructure. That's how mad it was. Um, but Rooney, Rooney's doing a brilliant job at Derby. Like I think they lost against, they lost in the um, the the derby, they lost the Derby game against Nottingham Forest at the weekend. But I was looking last week without that twenty-one point deduction, they'd be five points out of the playoffs. Yeah. And he's lost certain players now. I think the takeover there looks like I might be going through. But why would he go there? Like, not even for, not even if you said it was a free hit and look, if it doesn't work out, you probably get a job in the championship and back to where you were and you could build up again. But just the ball ache of it all. 
Like, Rooney's the sort of fella that'd be standing there and some knobhead behind him will be shouting at him and shouting at Bill Conroy, at Conroy and Rooney just turn around and give him a slap. You're so you know? right. <laughs> and, then, and then when he gives him a slap, it'd be like, what the fuck do we do now? Because, yeah. you know, and they everyone, get, everyone will get confused then as to what to do. Do you know what I mean? He, uh, I just, I just don't know. Someone will take it. Um, I think they will end up with a, with a coach, a little bit of an unknown that may be out of a job in Europe somewhere and comes in. But like, but but genuinely, all he, I swear to God, if they if they bring someone in like that and they lose a fucking, if they lose one game, if they lost one nil away to Man City or one nil at home to Man City, whenever whatever way it is, they'd be literally these fuckers would be telling you, get him out. He doesn't understand the club. Do you know what I mean? Isn't the biggest problem. The biggest problem is people are people in there. The people are biggest problem is people that understand that club. That's the problem. They understand that and they keep going and doing the same fucking thing. You need someone to come in and go. I know nothing about this club. All I know is we're sixteenth and we're fifteenth in the Premier League. We've all these fucking players paying them way too much money, and it just doesn't work. Now we're doing it a different way. Fuck off. You know the sort of way, but yeah. they won't do it because they're all mental and the owner just keeps reacting to everything that's being said. It's the biggest uh, bollocks in football. Like he, he knows the club. Like United are falling in that trap as well. United are the same as Everton when they had a higher place to fall from. Like sort of they're they're in a bit better shape than Everton are at the minute. But like this, he knows the club. Like what Klopp didn't know Liverpool when he came in. No. You know, Pep Guardiola didn't know uh, Man City when he came in. Like it's, he knows the club. Is like he knows how to manage. Is the only question you should be asking. Like, and like, the way you're talking there about Everton isn't so sad. Like you're saying. Someone will take it. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like you know you could be writing in a thing to uh, Jim will fix it and reading out like you know why Everton deserve a manager like Everton are a great club with great fans and they've got a great location and if you can help Everton if you can come along and manage this club then you'd be doing them a big favor like someone someone should take that job is not the worst thing you could say about them. I'll tell you what I do. If I was anybody about to take that job, right? I would say to the, I would say to Everton, I'm taking the job. I, I'm I'm willing to sign a contract on the job under one say under one um I want there's one rule and they go, What is it? Um, one condition. And they go, What is it? I said, I'm going to write a statement and I'm gonna publicly put it out there as to what I want to do with Everton Football Club. Right? And I'm going to tell any Everton fan that has an issue with that to turn up at Everton Football Club tomorrow at ten AM. Right, and what I'm going to tell them is, I know nothing about your football club, apart from what I'm looking at. Right, it's not good. The whole idea of this, do it this way and do it that way, clearly does not work, and it's going to take X amount of time, and you're going to need to shut your mouth for fucking two or yeah. three years and grin and bear it, regardless of how bad it gets or good it gets. And I'm confident we come out on the other side of it. And if you've an issue, I'll see you at Goodison Park tomorrow at ten a.m. And if one yeah. fella turns up, you go. Right, Grant, they're going along with this. And if 10,000 turn up, you go, well, I'm not taking the job because they clearly don't want to go in any other direction than, you know, uh, let's be completely overreactive to everything. And if we lose a couple of games, we want everyone fucking out. And at the same time, we want to be as steady and as successful as the lads a couple of hundred yards across the road or the guys 15, 20 miles up the road the other direction and leave them to it. Leave them to it because they're going to they're going to kill themselves internally because of what they think they are and what they, the way they should go on. And it it takes clubs time to just turn and go. Listen, this isn't right. You have to fucking just make a clean sweep and go. Forget all the the, 
the Everton way or this way or that way. And it's not just Everton, it's other clubs. You clearly have to take, um, you clearly have to just take a different step in a different direction or else it's just, it's like that thing, isn't it? Keep doing the same thing. Um, Definition of insanity. And look for different results. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh like i see bonkers lfc saying about ollie at the wheel like there's not really something that we, not that we needed anymore oh uh, I, I i nearly I, I said that from the very start they go for him but but like but nobody would even talk about him nobody would even think about him like that that really sums it all up not that we ever needed that qualification or validation about Solskjaer and his credentials for united but i haven't like i haven't even heard him for the watford job you know it's not going to be mentioned like it's just <laughs> it's only gonna so <laughs> Yeah, and and but but I wouldn't I wouldn't put a pass on the gopher. Put forever <laughs> to go for that because I genuinely think they would turn and go, he's been at United, look how big United are, he could bring some of that to Everton. And even if he had all the insight on Manchester United, and he probably has for the last 30 years, he'd turn up at Everton, he'd say we need to do this, this, and this, and people go, It's not the fucking Everton way, what are you talking about? And then he go, <laughs> Yeah, but it's really good. Like it's 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 good that they go. No, it's not our fucking way of doing it. Fuck off. And and then they go. All right, we do it your way then. And they go. Yeah, we will do it our way. And then six weeks later, they haven't won a game. And it's like get him out. Doesn't know the fucking club. That's how yeah. it works. That's how it works. Uh, over and over uh, and over again. If Phil Neville wasn't doing as disastrously as he's doing out in America, like he'd definitely get it as well. He knows the club. Like you know, um, maybe Solskjaer would be a good fit because he's he's shown that he's able to take United down and now you can do the same with everyone yeah it's it's just insane but like we've gone completely off topic um we haven't talked about many bad decisions we haven't talked about many uh, returns to clubs we have talked about crisps um conan has upset most of the chat by saying you shouldn't put crisps <laughs> on bread which is fucking outrageous like it, i don't know what the fuck i don't know how we ask him on here again I, to be honest i respect you. bread and i respect crisps too much to put them together <laughs> okay um all right um but look it's it's been a great chat. Have you enjoyed it? Oh, it's been good crack. Yeah, it's been good yeah. crack. We must do it again on another Monday night, and we try away. Can we add Arsenal onto the list next time? Like it's it's been great. Like sort of having a good dig at uh, Everton and who do you want to add to the list one? next? Just Arsenal. Just like I just like having a laugh oh, at Arsenal. Every so you should have said yeah. it to me earlier. I love talking about Arsenal. Oh yeah, like that's it. That's really I. But like we can do it anytime. Don't worry. Well, like, come on. What, what's what's your biggest? What's your biggest bugbear with Arsenal? Uh, I think. I think, I think only an Arsenal player would send out an apology statement after getting sent off in the 90th minute of a League Cup match that they were already two 0 down. Yeah, that they flew him back. <laughs> I just think that's that they flew him back for like the, he's literally got knocked out of the African nation the day before. Came back from Africa. Like I yeah. would just be like, "Fuck off!" I came back. I've literally come from fucking Africa. Yeah. Like where where was Mikel Arteta's apology? Like he mm. should be apologizing for flying somebody back from Africa to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much to um, it, it's 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 a brilliant case study, Arsenal, and loads of people like uh, Emic says, "Don't start Gav on Arsenal." Uh, I've said it loads of times. They in, they always interest me. They always have because growing up in the mid eighties, um, I was supporting Liverpool since the mid eighties. Arsenal and United were the two clubs that, and Everton, I suppose, from very early on. But Arsenal and United were the two that you always kind of looked at and went, "Yeah." massive clubs um, do things the right way and for that reason I suppose Arsenal are ones that I just kind of look at and go what's going on there but uh, <laughs> I tell you something they're, they're fucking insane um, they're absolutely <laughs> insane I, there's no other word for them the, the carry on out of them I am for the fan base 
media and former players and journals linked to Arsenal. The, the carry on out of them over the last two weeks has been nothing so, short of comical. And um, I, I've said it loads of times on, on Tripper shows and loads, and I'll say it again tonight. Liverpool were so transparent on what on, on what the protocols they followed and were absolutely bashed from pillar to post. And Arsenal literally didn't want to turn up for a game last Sunday. And it was all okay. And then four days later brought their full team. Um and then and then brought on the one player that they were missing, they brought him on because he'd got him back from Africa. Um yeah. so it's absolutely insane. Um, at Arsenal, and that, that one player didn't miss any Premier League games, uh, because he got put out of the African Cup of Nations, came back, get sent off, and all he does miss a Premier League yeah, game, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. But, uh, do you know what? I'll get you on another Monday night. We might touch on Arsenal, and we'll touch more yeah, on definitely. Villa because we've touched on Villa a bit. We haven't touched on Liverpool loads, but um, we've definitely touched on Villa, we've touched on Everton, we've touched on um. Loads of different bits, I think, tonight, in fairness to us. We've done well. Give me warning next time if you're going to talk about Henri and the handball. Like, Jesus. Oh, right, well, sorry, it. sorry. You know, I tried to fucking lighten the mood down by going on to crisps and you lost the plot. You know what I mean? <laughs> you made it worse. You know what I mean? Here, I'll tell so, you what, though, just before we finish, I've come back from Spain and uh, do you ever have Lay's crisps in Spain? Yeah, yeah. Oh my Christ, they're amazing. Like, and I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't dare put them with bread. I don't like they're too good. They have to be taken on their own. But, um, there's only oh, certain wrong. crisps you can put with bread. Um, but you can go, you can go for anything. But it's only a certain few that you could, you can go with bread, like. But Leia's crisps, yeah, they're 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 massive in Spain. They're the main lads in Spain. But um, I probably would have a go with crisps, yeah. We'll turn them on bread. So, you wouldn't for What was your favorite flavor when you were over there? Uh, I went for the the cheese and onion type flavor. I don't know if it's called cheese and onion, but it's the it's no. the blue package. Yeah, or the green package, maybe. Yeah, and and you see, that's the thing. In my opinion, um, salt and vinegar should be in a blue packet. It has to be a light blue, though, because I always thought blue was ready salted, although red could be ready salted as well. I think red is ready salted. Yeah, I, I, blue, I would agree I with that. I think blue is salt and vinegar. Um, what's, what are the flavours? Cheese and onion? Green cheese and onion, and then Green you have to have a brown. Onion. Yeah. You have to have a brown then for your roast beef type of crisp. Or smoky bacon. Oh, see, this is where it, you know, smoky bacon has to be sort of pink, doesn't it? No, we go for a brown. Um, I I do remember Worcester sauce flavor crisps in a brown packet. That's purple, wasn't it? Yeah, I I I had a feeling they were brown. Um, layers are just the Spanish walkers. Apparently, ah. says Hannah and Emma. So you, you see, you would never buy walkers, but like you would buy lays something something exotic about it, continental. Mm. Yeah, um, Venlo have lost two on the bounce. Gav says on book. Of course, yeah, we have teams that we've picked for this season on Man on Football Show. Venlo aren't doing great. Elgin aren't doing great. Um, not many of them are doing great. To be perfectly honest with you, Napoli hammered San Eterna the other night. Um, so they're flying. But we will give you an update on all our, our teams next Monday. We won't be with you on this Thursday. We will definitely be with you the following Thursday. Though. Um, the rest of the week, we've a draft tomorrow about Liverpool in the League Cup. We have a midweek fix slash transfer show on Wednesday. We're off on Thursday. The sports uh, unplugged on Friday, and I'll be with you every day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon with the cop update. Colin, the Villa podcast, um, it's probably my favourite podcast outside of listening to Liverpool stuff <laughs> and true crime, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it's it's neck and neck with some mad album in America going bananas. Um, 
you know, in 2017 when I listened to these podcasts. But um, the Philip podcast, you are still cracking on. It's quality, though, isn't it? Are you letting me come uh, on that podcast? I'll, I'll talk about Arsenal. I'll give out. No, do you know what? Like we're, we're, we're talking about, like, trying to... We, we've had a bit of demand, so we're, like, we're being asked to do extra shows. So we're trying to figure out how to do that or get time to do it as well. So at the minute, the format is just us cracking up after a villa match, basically. Mm. Um, could and you, then not, could you not do something where your extra show is where you bring... Uh, two fans from other f- clubs in to talk to you to about stuff around the Premier League. And I think so, yeah, or like crisps or whatever else. Well, well listen, uh, well, I'm not coming on if if I'm gonna have three people, um, telling me that I can't put crisps on bread. I'm, I'm not fucking. Coming. <laughs> I think I'll still be on my own. No, I saw a comment yeah. there uh, saying, "Imagine you had to pay your TV license for this." Put <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> off for this all. show. Yeah, yeah we, we check for there. We we were talking. We were naming, literally naming colors of packets of crisps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? I really got into it because my brain was really walking loud. Going, oh, what color was the fucking cheese and onion? Um, um, but um, do you reckon actually, Pringles have it right then? Well, no. Pringles With the sour cream. Did you did you know Pringles have sour cream and cheese and onion? Which is fucking like that blew my mind. Like I mean? thought the sour cream was sort of cheese and onion taken care of. No, they've sour cream and onion, and they've cheese and onion. Yeah, yeah. But like, you, you, would you, would you really know the difference until you have them? Until you have them both, which I did recently enough. Um, Avo says, "Great show again, boys and the girls in the chat." Pete, Gavin, Conan talked all the way through it. So we just, what do you want us? <laughs> we just go live. We'd sit here in silence, and you just can have a fucking chat. Okay, fair enough. That's <laughs> that's what flowed your boat. I'm just sitting here naming colours that we can think of. Yeah. For <laughs> <laughs> oh, books. As I think I'm going to start a crisp sandwich podcast. It'd be absolutely brilliant. Well, Pringles, I think, have it right when it comes to colours. I I think they do because they have the paprika one as well. Like, yeah. like you, you know, a Pringle crisp by the colour. They're very sickening see... the paprika. Too many of them now. You wouldn't be going yeah. mad on too many of them. Well, you get them on a plane, though. You get the small one, and it goes. Yeah, down but well. who's buying a small one? Like, not in the shops. The plane trolleys come round. What are you getting? It's it's a simple tea, paprika Pringles, Twix. That's 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 what it has to be. Depends what it depends what airline you're on. Fifteen fifty. You know, <laughs> well, uh, like uh, the fo- when the trolley comes around, I've no interest in like you know a bottle of dupe. But if you any beer or anything, like you know, I'll take one of them. <laughs> um, sour cream and chives as avo. Uh, I saw someone. Hannah Pringles are so overrated. Like that, I think that's worse oh, than the crisp sandwich. No, no, I like. I do like Pringles. Um, my son is two years old, and he's realised what Pringles are, and he goes in the shop looking for them. Now it's it's mass, <laughs> and there's fucking mortar in the shop, and he's like he's just going mental until he gets a packer of Pringles. Um, and recently Polos as well. He's just gone mad into Polos. Doesn't need them. Just you know, you know, the packet of Polos way does that kind of um foil. Yeah, it, yeah. What do you yeah. call it? It's a, it is a foil. It's not a foil. Is yeah, it? it's, it's a foil. silver wrapper. Aluminium foil. Yeah, and he, he literally just opens the top of it. <laughs> He's like a drug addict. He opens the he literally <laughs> opens the top and just Sniffing. opens it all the way around and just sits in the back of the car, just sniffing the top of a pack of Apollo <laughs> all the way home in the car. And then I catch him doing it, and he just laughs at me. And I don't know whether he's <laughs> laughing at me because he's sniffing the top of a pack of Polo, or he's only two and he shouldn't really be in the back of a car with a pack of Apollo. And you know, very very close to being able to put them in his mouth so I don't know what way it's going um, I yeah. keep on it tomorrow it's he's high, to be honest that's why he's laughing yeah he's just sniffing it he's like um, <laughs> like it looks like he could have a paint marker up against his nose but it's not it's just a packet of <laughs> a packet of polo which is um, at the moment it's not too bad but um, we'll have to wait and see how that develops um, 
Pringles are not classed as a crisps. No, I wouldn't class them as crisps either. What? What would you class them as? Just, I don't know. I wouldn't you class just, them as just, just because it's in a tub, you're getting confused. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah. It, <laughs> if they come in a bag, they're crisps. Crisp. If they come in a tub, they're just, I don't know, forget together. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you ever feel weird buying a packet of Pringles that when it's not like people aren't coming over to the house? No, I get, I get, I, I, I don't like buying Pringles anyway because I feel like the person in the shop is always judging me now every time I go over. I feel like she knows me as the Pringles man. Do you know if I'm buying Pringles and a pile of chocolate or so? I just, I just feel like I'm being judged every time, even though she probably couldn't give one fuck. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question, right? Because we used to ask this loads on on, on the trippers. I don't know if you've answered it, but Emma says, "Bring back the hell wide of a gap between two buildings." Could you jump? Question. So, right, and this is the last time I'm doing it. I'll only do it for Colin. Right, so Colin, here's the question. You're in New York City. There's two buildings. Both are 50 stories high. They stand side by side. You, It's a flat roof, okay, flat-roofed buildings. You have to run and jump from one building to the other, okay? How wide of a gap do you think you could commit to that you would get over that? We will give you... Um, we will give you a bit of wind behind you. Five miles an hour, I think we gave the people with a wind behind you. But what sort of distance do you think you could jump between the two buildings? Jesus Christ. Is, is there, um, like, I am I getting docked down if I pick a small gap? Because I don't no, fancy jumping. There's, not, there's no leaderboard. And I'm just doing it for the crack to, to yeah, say yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, you're just, like, just back yourself. Like, we've had I, people saying, like, one meter, which is three feet, which is fucking pathetic. <laughs> we've had, yeah. um, I think, um, Trev Downey. <laughs> Trev Downey asked what the long jump record was in, in the Olympics and then said he could do that, which was mad. And Andy Young of this parish said he could jump a certain amount, but only if there was a fire um, a fire exit on the other building, you know, with the ladder down the side of the building and stuff like that. So he made up all sorts of So One person wanted a cape. Um, one person, um, I think it might have been um, Chris Pajak from the Redman TV. He wanted... Um, slightly downhill run on the force building to jump across so we, we gave him a gradient of X amount of degrees but if you want that you can have it no I just want a good pair of shoes and I want to be able to take off my trousers not to just jump, like look like a madman jumping okay. across buildings but yeah. I want to be as streamlined as possible okay um, so so you, if you make this you're being arrested for indecent exposure if you don't <laughs> it's an embarrassing one for your family when you're all the more there. reason to make it or yeah. like you know I have to make it now okay. like all the way Okay. I, like if I don't die, I'm getting arrested. Okay. Um, I have to like I used to do like with a lot of sheds out of back in Derry, so I used to like jump across sheds. But when it got to any gap big, and this is just a shed, which is what one story. Yeah. It was scary. Not it even was, one I story. You, I tell you, I've seen stuff. <laughs> I've okay. Seen stuff on okay. Those sheds. You've seen you've seen uh, stuff in Derry. Uh, one story up on the back of a shed. Do you know where you would jump over sometimes where a shed was higher? Like sometimes yeah. that was good because you were jumping over then to grab onto the shed. Yeah, no, this and is this is exactly exactly the same height. Um, you get like you can run the full length of the force building to jump the second one, onto the second one. So you have a good runner, <laughs> five to ten miles an hour of um of wind behind you to give you that bit of push. Um, Emma Cavanaugh's not happy about the trousers. He says Jesus, Colin, it's not that type of show. Um. <laughs> Pajak's <laughs> never clearing any gap over four foot. So come on, give me a give me it in feet and inches. I don't want meters. I don't want to convert them. So feet and inches. Yeah. Good run of it. 
bit of wind behind you. you you've no, you're, you're literally, you're stark bollock naked because that's how you yeah. roll. So what are you going Put with? shoes on. Yeah, good um, pair good of shoes. shoes. What would you like? Would you like a pair of like of Asics runners or something like that? A good run, yeah. Just like it's something I feel Skechers, like getting... Skechers, they're bouncy. Yeah. Something they bounce me off. Like yeah, look, I think if we were on the ground, I would say right. I'll I'll give six foot a stab, but I think in the interest of a building in New York, trouserless, I'm going to go five foot. <laughs> five foot. Okay, and and the biggest, the biggest, the biggest reason you've changed that is because it's in New York, um, it's and your trouserless. It's nothing to do with the distance. It's just what you have on. I don't. And remember, you took the stuff off. Nobody made you. So if you kept your trousers on at that height, you probably would make six foot. Um, okay, that's good. That's good. Um, what did you say? Oh, I reckon I could do. S- I reckon I could do seven foot. Plus. Fuck off. Yeah. We well, like you would do it. You you would risk seven foot. Mm. Yeah. Like that's that's taller than Peter Crouch across. You want to jump the yeah. the length. Yeah. But like, why would you do it? Like, why would you even like just just take a foot off to make sure you get over? Yeah. Well, what's the point? That's just fucking easy. You have to. <laughs> you have to we're going to a limit here, we're not. We're not doing enough for the but crack. Like you, you could drop to your death with no trousers on. Like that's no, that's no, no. You're dropping to your death with no trousers on. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, fully clothed. Both taking your trousers. You know, off. I'm definitely. I'm wearing my best jeans and everything in case I thought, You know, it's like that thing where women say, "Geez, I better make sure I have like you know matching underwear on in case I'm in a car crash." Um, and some women don't drive in their pajamas in case they're in a car crash because that's how they roll. <laughs> but um. No trousers, but knee pads, reckons Red Steve. Listen, if you fall, your knee pads aren't doing a fucking thing for you. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, look, I don't know where that's gone. Um, most people listen to this but, now but, on the podcast. But it's, it's gone to you telling me you would jump over a building, not over a building, from one building to another, in your jeans, seven feet. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to be well-dressed, because when I do it, like, there's going to be definitely be a round of applause, and people are definitely going to bring you for a drink. You know, and I presume there's some sort of etiquette as to where we're going. So, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we've done well. We've done an hour and a half. Um, I've completed another randomness, but um, I absolutely loved it. Loads of football in there. Loads of random stuff in there, and that's how we roll. If you like it, subscribe. Um to this channel and subscribe to the Man on Football Show channel as well. We're doing we're doing it this week on the Day Trippers, but we'll be back on on the Man on Football Show next week. Colin, anything else before we go? Um, anything else? No, I'm just trying to think of other colours of packets of crisps before we can before we can wrap up here. Uh, no, I think I'm I think I'm running all out. I don't like hula hoops. That's I think that's, that's fair ridiculous. enough. That's just ridiculous. Nah, like, like I don't want to open up a whole new ones? Have you tried the new ones? They're like, um, they're not hard. They're like, um, they're called Hula Hoop Puffs. They're nice. Same. Nah, same flavours, but they're just... I used to enjoy, like, everybody putting the Hula Hoop between my fingers and, you know, eating them off. <laughs> oh, my God, right. Okay. <laughs> but, um, like, they're just... It's not, it's not the right textures. It's it's sore in your gums. If any. Have you, have you missed... No, I don't know who misses their teeth when they're trying to chew. Yeah. But if you do, you're hitting the oh, gum. Oh yeah, yeah, and you're hitting, yeah, you're yeah. hitting your palate and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit much. Um, let me see. Uh, where a flying squirrel jumps to, Gaff. I don't need a flying. I'll be grand. Seven foot, not a bother. <laughs> not a bother to me. Um, but we've done crisps. We've done loads of other stuff. We. I was going to get onto solid Easter eggs, um, but 
I won't do it. To, I won't do it to Colin this time. You're probably the sort of person that likes him. Like you, you. I could see you in your in your jeans jumping across a building with a solid Easter egg. Like, no, no, like no. Just... You know, you know the argument behind the solid Easter egg, though. You know well, what I'm talking more, about. More, more chocolate. Well, I made the argument ages ago to Andy that we could we should do solid Easter eggs, and he was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Well, if you go down the shop and you buy a crunchy." You bite into a crunchy and there's all the orange, yellow gear in the middle, right? Um, so we, they should make the Easter eggs exactly the same as the bars. So when you bite oh. into the into the egg, the inside of it should be all yellow. He made the point that now you could... Go- you want a big ball of honeycomb is what you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I was like, why don't you do it? It makes perfect sense. They'd sell loads of them. And he was like, no, because you could go into a football ground and lamp it off some fella's head. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the only reason they don't sell. Well, he said that. He said that, and the fact that um, the fact that uh, Cabries have definitely had meetings about this before and decided to go against it. And he reckoned if you threw one of those eggs through someone's window and hit someone, and they claimed they claim <laughs> off Cabries, and I was like, "Well, no, because <laughs> Cabries didn't throw the egg." And he was like, "Yeah, but they definitely claim." And I was like, "Well, no, because if I threw a brick." through someone's window and it hits someone and hurt them. They're hardly going to fucking trace the brick as to where it came from and, you know, <laughs> charge them Wait. people. So it's, yeah. Well, here is two examples. You could bring it into a football ground and throw it off somebody's head or you could bring it and throw it through somebody's window. Like, well, how, how did he get from a chocolate Easter egg to that? Because he was, he reckoned that the, one of the reasons why the Easter egg, the Easter egg of that sort wouldn't go ahead was because of the safety problems around them and he, he used football grounds and people sitting watching the telly and an egg coming through the window as um two of his points <laughs> so there you go yeah i saw somebody saying about a giant cadbury egg or cream egg I, i'd be well up for that that's the only exception i would give it although you'd have a lot of goo inside it then to, to no, well, the cadbury's cream egg wouldn't be mine though um but listen it's a, it's, it's a conversation well, it's not even a conversation of the day it's a conversation we've had already but i just thought i bring it up colin if you think this chat is mad you should listen to gavin andy's random chats yeah colin listen i'll send you the link to a couple of our random chats i think there's a best Please. bits one and um you can you can read i'll i'll, I'll whatsapp it to you right um but um will you will you come back on again though has this 100 yeah 100%. this hasn't scared you off or anything i'm going to go out now trousers and start jumping to see how far yeah. i could yeah. Seven foot is bonkers, Gav. Like, a- well, tell you what to do. I'll tell you what to do. Get a bit of chalk, right? And mark yeah. it on the ground. And then measure seven foot and mark it on the ground, right? And then take a good runner up and jump and see how close that seven foot you can get. Because I think the higher you are up in the air, the more you'll, the, there's less oxygen up there to pull you down i think you'll fly more of your 50 stories <laughs> oxygen to get around your muscles as well to yeah yeah, use yeah. Them. yeah but but this is what i'm saying you're higher up you'll, you'll fly more that's my opinion yeah all right i'll have a think about it yeah let me know how you're gonna <laughs> all right that has been the um man on football show um there was a good bit of football Um there was a lot of random stuff but look that's what we like doing. Um, and most people in the chat like it as well. Uh, thanks to Conan from the Villa Podcast for coming on. Um, as I said, we've loads of shows coming on the day trip during the week. Make sure you subscribe to us, the Villa Podcast, um, and the Man on Football Show channel, which will be coming back with a bang from next week. Uh, yeah, that's it. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.